1: So, what's trending? Bridging your Catholic faith with your everyday life. You're listening to Trending
2: with Timmery on Relevant Radio.
0: Welcome to our weekly Gentleman's Hour. How to handle rejection. Do you think men who are single handle rejection poorly today. Seasoned daters, married men, I'd be curious to hear your perspective on rejection in the dating scene. We're going to talk about this with celebrity and royal matchmaker Christina Pineda. I find many young men who are facing those single years find rejection to be a little crippling. Is it justified, unjustified? How do you recover? Tips and tricks, seasoned Married men, we'd love to hear your thoughts. Numbers 1-888-914-9149. We're also going to talk about how to get a date. How do you make that happen? Again, seasoned sage points of advice we'd love to take today. And if you have a dating or relationship question for celebrity and royal matchmaker, gentlemen, it's your hour. You want a date, you want to get over rejection. We are diving into that. Also, I'm curious, are you changing your daily spending habits because of inflation? We're going to talk a little bit about what's happening with inflation, and I'm curious to see who else is changing daily habits. Also, there's a study, gentlemen, listen, Women are hardwired to find chivalrous men, or in other words, benevolently sexist men, uh, more attractive and interesting and to be the ones they want to not just date, but marry. We'll talk about this extremely so-called sexist study, so stay with me here on Trending. Joining me now is celebrity and royal matchmaker Christina Pineda. Find them at matchmakersinthecity.com. Christina, I so often hear from single women today the complaint that hardly ever, do they get asked out on dates, and also this complaint from men that they're struggling with rejection, and it's leading them to step out of the dating sphere. I want to talk about rejection a little bit, but let's talk about the complaint of women not being asked out and the fact that many men are just trying to figure out how to handle the 21st century dating, non-dating rules like a gentleman.
2: Yes, so good to be with you, Timory. And I have five simple tips for men on how to get a date, how to date a woman who you want to pursue. And they involve some minor changes that you might make in your life, but I think they'll have a big impact on you because they've helped so many men who I've coached and who have worked with us at Matchmakers in the City. So the first tip is to change your mindset. The definition, in my opinion, of a date is a fun way to get to know someone who you're potentially interested in romantically. It is not a big deal. It is not a marriage proposal. Dating (laughs) should be. Yes! And so often, both men and women will put so much pressure. On a date and feel like, Oh, I have to be really into this guy to say yes. And for men, I have to be really into this girl to ask her out. Otherwise, I'm not going to, not going to face the potential of rejection. But men, I want you to know that it's not a big deal. I want you to, uh, to go into dates as, yeah, I'm kind of interested in this woman. Let me see. Let me get to know her a little bit. That's how you should think about dates. It should be fun. It should not be manipulative, but also it shouldn't be immoral. So what I mean by manipulative is when sometimes women will come to me and they'll just say, oh, I went on this date with this guy and it just was like he was interviewing me. Or they could say, "I just he just wants me. He's just really into me because I fit the perfect Catholic woman picture in his mind and he doesn't really care about who I am. He just cares that I'm Catholic and want the same things that he does. So that's the manipulative way that you're just trying to fit some, find someone who fits into the boxes and treat it like an interview and trying to jump over these dating hurdles to get to your goal. That's not how you want to see dating. You want to see dating as a Holy Spirit led journey and process that you're just getting to know different women and to, in order, in order to find the one who the Lord does want you to spend the rest of your life with, but enjoying the process. Some people might see fun and take fun, especially in the secular world, as immorality and just abandoning all boundaries and that's not what I mean it's having boundaries it's dating the Catholic way but it's not allowing it to become this just work this just over and over you're just getting exhausted by it because it feels like you're trying to to interview all these women it's not it shouldn't be like that mm-hmm. that's it's number interesting
0: one. you mentioned that because I think that The legitimacy of dating being a recon mission is very true, but you should make it be something enjoyable at the same time as finding the balance of gathering the necessary information to determine in a date or two whether or not this is something you'd like to pursue further, right?
2: Exactly. That is what dating should be, right? And there you have a mission. Yes, that is important for men. But it has to be a fun, it has to be an enjoyable mission. And of course, there's going to be ups and downs on that journey. You might get hurt. You might get rejected. That's all part of it. And that makes it worth it when you do end up meeting the right woman and you treasure her because you know what goes into that journey and that search. Okay, number two, radically alter the media that you consume. And I have recently coached this advice to a few of our bachelors. It has produced some great results. It's pretty radical in the sense that I, I, told, I tell them to just stop watching movies and listening to music that, fails to, that fail to bring you closer to the Lord. Only consume, watch, listen to edifying content that is helping you grow in your relationship to the Lord. This is going to take some soul searching. It's going to take a little bit of discomfort of, oh, but that's my favorite show and I love it and it's okay. You, you won't die if you give up a certain show and it will actually help you have a better a better image of what a real woman should look like because a lot of these things are just these images of women are totally airbrushed with tons of makeup and it just distorts what men are looking for.
0: I think this is a really important one. I know you and I have talked about this before, of really pulling back in terms of what media content we're listening to. Uh, Music brings about certain types of expectations on dates when it comes to intimacy and struggles with chastity. Same thing with, like you said, media icons. What we're looking at really alters our perspective in a very airbrushed and Uh, photography that's manipulated and you know after the aftermath of the photos and post-production so I really do appreciate this what has the response been from bachelors who you advise to do this and um, those who do choose to do it if not pushing back entirely what do they have to say
2: well a lot of the Catholic men who I work with say you know what Christina that makes total sense and I'm going to have a lot more time to go to the events that you want me to, because I'm cutting that out of my life. Interesting. I've, yes, So I've gotten, especially the men who are just, they're ready. They know something has to change in their life. They're open. They're humble enough to know that, yeah, I'm, something needs to change. I'm not meeting, I want to meet the right woman and I'm not meeting her. So they're willing to try something that might be a little uncomfortable to see if it will produce the right results. The men who have not listened to this advice usually just stay in the same pattern of only wanting that Instagram model look that doesn't exist. Mm. Mm. Interesting. Interesting. Well, very,
0: I think, keen insights to help in the challenges of expectations. Let's dive into your other three tips for getting a date, landing that date. Uh, Tell me what your thoughts are on the topic of age.
2: Yes. My third piece of advice is to stop being ageist. (laughs) I know that isn't also a very loaded term, but for a lot of men and for even a lot of the Catholic bachelors who I work with, that is a huge stumbling block that is getting in the way of them meeting their future wife. I've seen throughout my 10 years of being a matchmaker, all of us have seen at Matchmakers in the City, that age often is a fetish. And the we've seen people connect. You're so much more likely to connect with someone who's closer to your age it doesn't matter how much money you make. It doesn't change that. And if you're really nervous, I've also noticed that usually for men it's not really the looks. Yeah, sometimes it's the looks that they want, but the most important thing to them is wanting to have children.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: the thing is, you have to remember men that adoption is a beautiful ministry if you ha- if you want to go down that path and you really want to have children. That is so many children are unloved, don't have homes, but also the woman who you're, you're this age that you're fetishizing. So many of those women, as Timory has said on multiple of her shows are having fertility issues just because they're younger than you, or even a lot younger than you does not mean that they are going to be able to have children. And same thing with you. You, you don't know the men also have fertility issues. So don't let that get in the way. I wanted to give a little story of one of our matchmakers in the city, Bachelors, who was having a hard time connecting with the woman who we set him up with, the women who we set him up with who met his age preferences. But then he had an incredible date with a woman who was closer in age to him. She was straddling 40 So he did a call, a post date call with one of our matchmakers and he, he told her that he was nervous that she might not be able to have children or she would be Mm -hmm. an older mom if she could have children. You've talked about that on your show. I was, there's this geriatric mom fear, but when our matchmaker just told him that this you're self-sabotaging and you had such a great date with this woman, look at what has changed. The only thing that's changed is she's closer to age to you. She's beautiful. She's Mm -hmm. taking great care of herself. And you are actually putting a roadblock in front of God's will for you when you're, when you're so Mm -hmm. set on these age preferences. So we coached him to continue to date her to see if there can, connection continues to grow and we think that he will he did say that he will he's going to ask her out again and he I think actually he's he did and he I think he was just trying to play devil's advocate and asking all of these right. questions that we're talking about right now because a lot of men mm-hmm. don't really, Mm-hmm. know the answers to these things
0: in the legitimacy of the crisis of being a parent today whether it's a dating and marrying later in life or the overall crisis of as you mentioned fertility crises for both men and women of all ages and not to mention past wounds I mean, there were, we live in a very wounded culture when it comes to fertility and so i don't want to discredit the reality of fertility but also I think that you bring up a really important point that sometimes that's such a hung up focus that in a certain respect and I challenge people to think of this it's almost objectifying a person to a certain extent when looking at them as a potential spouse and someone to date and I think that's a really great example of how important it is to prayerfully discern as you're working through this dating process because that's a very serious factor and it's not easy to just say don't be ageist and don't fear the what could be a crisis of not being able to have children but also being open to life in other ways as well Uh, that takes a lot of spiritual maturity.
2: It does. It does. It takes courage and it takes not having preconceived notions and saying, I won't date someone who's over this age before you even have even met those women. So when you're discerning a, discerning a relationship and if a woman is older than your desired age range and you're feeling like, you know what, this isn't the right relationship for me, that's fine. But these parameters before you even meet the women, not good. Fantastic.
0: Let's dive into your last two tips for landing a date. It's our Weekly Gentleman's Hour here on Trending. That's Christina Panetta, Celebrating World Matchmaker, matchmaking us too. And she's given a helping hand, free advice to gentlemen. Normally she works coaching men one on one to work through landing a date, working through those initial dating processes and working ultimately toward marriage. So Christina, in your five tips for landing a date, what are your last two tips?
2: Yes. These are the practical ones. So number four is go out. You will not meet your future wife hiding at home. Go to events with like-minded women. And for example, if you're in Nashville, come to the Sacred Heart Singles event that I will speak at this Friday, September 16th from seven to 10 at the cathedral. And feel free to go to my Instagram, which is at matchmaker Christina Pineda for more info and to RSVP. Those are fantastic places to meet like-minded women. Number five, it is talk to people. When you're out anywhere, not just women, not just pretty women, get used to speaking to everyone and then you will feel less nervous when you do talk to a woman who you find attractive. I recommend not speaking with a woman for longer than 10 minutes. If you don't intend to get her number and ask her out on a date,
3: Hmm. women do
2: get frustrated if that happens to her, especially if it goes into longer than 20 minutes. So 10 minutes is a good marker. I would also say text. So in terms of follow up, text her so that she has your number that night saying that was lovely to meet her and that you'll give her a call to ask her out early next week. And do not ask multiple women for their number at the same event. Focus on one woman. And if you've gotten a number, you are good. That is enough.
0: Mm, so how do you navigate that? Maybe you're talking to someone at the beginning of the event. You find you're really interested in them. But then you're sitting here thinking, I want to leave my options open. Do you circle back to them later? Or what do you do?
2: Ooh, that's a good question. Usually, men know within ten minutes and even earlier if they want to bring a woman out on a date. So if you have that sense, do it. Get her number. But if in the first five minutes, you're feeling like, "Oh, yeah, I'm not really sure," then just I would say, I would just try to leave the conversation. And then, if you feel like later on in the event, you she you think you're thinking about her and, you're, you go back. You want to go back and talk to her. That's fine, but just really be be attentive that to women's time as well, and that they don't want to see you talking to multiple women and getting multiple women's numbers.
0: Excellent. We've tagged celebrity and role matchmaker Christina Pineda on social media. If you want to connect with her, receive more of her tidbits and keen advice, professional advice on the topics of dating and landing a date, gentlemen. We're going to talk about how to handle rejection, but first... I asked for you to weigh in with your sage tips on how to get a date, but also how to handle rejection. We'll talk about rejection in a moment, but my producer, Jim Shaper, married, has children, is throwing in his producer tidbits. So here are his five tidbits. And I love it. They're so practical, but really important. Brush your teeth, comb your hair, wear clean clothes, take a shower, smile, and listen. Christina, how did he do?
2: Yes. (laughs) <laughs> yes. Thank you. This is just said in a very man- just man to man way. Mm-hmm.
0: Fantastic. That's Celebrity royal Matchmaker Christina Padeda. I am curious. I'd love to hear from you. Do you think that Men who are single today handle rejection poorly. Do you think you handle rejection poorly? I received an email last week about the topic of rejection, the difficulty of getting over it. Do I ask the girl back out? You know, I really think she's worth, you know, not missing. Or, you know, how do I move forward? So many topics are quitting the dating game altogether after too many or a rough rejection. We'll be right back today on Trending with Celebrity and Roy Matchmaker. Christina Pineda will also dive into whether or not you're changing your daily habits when it comes to spending due to inflation and listen up gentlemen women are hardwired to find chivalrous men well actually the study says benevolent sexist men as a more preferable for dating and marriable options especially for the ones they want to have children with very interesting i'll be right back here on trending So, what's trending? Bridging your Catholic faith with your everyday life. You're listening to Trending with Timory on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Okay, public service announcement, gentlemen. It's our Gentleman's Hour. We're walking through tips for how to handle a date, and a number of people are weighing in with their tips, but one tip that someone mentioned needed to be added. My producer, Patrick, said, Don't forget to add to wear deodorant yes please we talked a little bit about hygiene very simple but that is one that is actually important and when you comb your hair wet your hair to get all the flyaways down chew with your mouth closed it's funny it's silly you know it's fun to talk about some of this but we talked about really practical and helpful ways with professional matchmakers celebrity role matchmaker christina pineda we're going to talk about rejection i am riveted by how men handle rejection today disagree agree with me maybe rejection's gotten worse the dating climate's difficult Uh, i'd love to hear your thoughts do you think that men who are single handle rejection poorly and if so how can they handle it better it's an important topic i receive probably when it comes to men the most common questions have to do with circling around the issue of rejection jack from chicago is on the line jack what's your commoner question for us today about rejection and dating
1: Hi, uh, yes, I, uh, just was listening in my car here and thought I'd, I'd give a call. Um, I've, you know, dated for, you know, uh, I'm, I'm over 40 now. I've been dating for, you know, most of my life, I, I guess. Uh, and lately it just seems like the, the thing that's popped up, you know, not every time, but is, uh, the ghosting, you know, just mm-hmm. you know, going on a few dates and then, you know, three, four dates in, all of a sudden, you know, it just kind of goes radio silent. So, yeah, for someone like myself it just I handle it just fine. I mean, I don't take it personally, but it just makes me not really want to, you know, go through the effort anymore to ask someone out and and you know take them to dinner or drinks or, you know, um so that's more how I'm responding to it. Not not personally, but just more it may not make sense to pursue, you know, dating anymore if this is kind of the mm. the market that I'm dealing with or the, you know, the women that I'm, I'm uh, I'm asking out. So, you know, just an observation.
0: Yeah, I think that that's a really keen insight, Jack, because it's dealing with a different topic. Rejection's one, but the ghosting is different. This like, absolute shutdown of communication, the uh, false, I would say, false advertising that women uh, can lead people on, it's a tease. It's not fun. Your feelings, your emotions, and your polite attempts to date someone are really being hurt. so I do think that that's an interesting topic. Before we talk more about rejection, Tell me your thoughts, Christina, on this issue of ghosting and the legitimacy of men just at a certain point saying, okay, I'm done because it is happening very frequently to men today.
2: It is. And it's terrible. And I always tell everyone who I'm working with that ghosting is unacceptable. Even if you had a terrible date with someone, that person is made in the image and likeness of God and they deserve, if they ask you out again or even even if they ask you a question or something that you respond politely and if the person asks you out again and you don't want to go then just tell the person it's great getting to know you but I don't see that long-term connection that you so deserve with that you so deserve and keep it simple but close the chapter and let the person move on, give the person some closure. Mm-hmm. So Jack, that's terrible. I know so many men are going through that. I will say the whole dating app culture has really been part of this ghosting thing and maybe increased it. Mm-hmm. So my, my take is I tell a lot of people to just, if you're sick of dating, get off the apps and start meeting people in person because if you have those personal connections, it's less likely that they'll feel that, oh, I can hide behind my screen because, oh, yeah, it's just someone I met off an app.
0: Interesting. I think that's a really helpful perspective. And, again, I know I understand legitimacy. The legitimacy of people using those dating apps. But, you know, it's supposed to be an online introduction, not a means to be socially awkward and inept at considering people's feelings. And, like you said, giving them closure. That's so important. Let's spin this into the topic of rejection because obviously, ghosting is a form of rejection. I hear from so many men, it's probably the most common complaint from single men, uh, the issue of ghosting and the issue of rejection. And many men today or two to step out of the dating scene because it's difficult and I think there's a balance where I think the older generation looks at men today and young men single men and they say suck it up get out there go back you know go for it and Mm -hmm. I think there's a legitimacy to that but I also do think that the rejection culture is permeating and hurting men in a unique way. What's changed? Why do you think this is problematic today and more of an issue? Is it just, you know, everyone's a snowflake in the dating scene or is rejection different than it used to be?
2: I think it's, I just thought of this analogy that it's like dating now is going against a machine gun, whereas dating in the past has been more of a musket. So you just get hit a lot with a lot more bullets. Now, as a man... (laughs) It's a lot faster than men in the past used to have to deal with. So it was a lot easier for them to bounce back from if they're just getting, you know, there's a musket. So you get hit occasionally by instead of the, um, the constant machine gun thing. So I think that is, there's something true that this time is different and men who are advising men right now should be aware of that. But I also think that men now should... So part of this, what you were saying, if they're they're not asking women out, a lot of men are just not because of this fear of rejection often. And when they do get the courage to ask a woman out, they are often hiding behind their phones and texting to ask out instead of asking the person in person or calling her. So something that we can learn from the previous generation is to just take every... Woman who you want to ask out and do it in that more personal way rather than just letting her be a text that you send. Because I've heard a lot of women complain that I won't say yes to a text date. And yeah, he wasn't, he didn't seem serious. He just texted me. It's, you're, you might think that you're protecting yourself through doing using texts, but it's actually Mm -hmm. just causing more of a potential for rejection.
0: Interesting. Do you think that women need to change how they're rejecting men? I do think that women fail to reject and then suddenly ghost because they're too afraid to say no. But when women actually do say no, do you think part of the problem is that women are letting men down
2: in a harsh way? Uh, yes, and a little story that I have is part of my matchmaker journeys. And I was, it was the beginning of my matchmaking career and about 10 years ago when we were recruiting, I was recruiting for men and I went to this just really just Hollywood bar that's very well known and a lot of people in the scene go to. So I approached these women and I got the coldest, rudest, just not even responses from them. And it was, I was hurt for my clients. It was so rude. And I realized, wow, this is what men are handling all the time if they're trying to nicely. And I was a woman, I'm not, I'm not someone who's intimidating. I'm not, I'm not a guy who they don't know who they have to be wary of. I'm another woman. And they treated me like that. So imagine how they would treat a guy who they weren't attracted to, who didn't maybe look like Harry Styles or if that's who they want. Who knows? (laughs) Interesting. Very interesting. But that is why I decided after that, even though I'm a matchmaker, I am not recruiting at those kinds of places anymore. I'm not going to bars and recruiting, even for our men who want the model types. It doesn't produce good results. And it's just... I'd recommend that for men too. Don't go there. Go to places where women are more, more open to getting to know people.
0: Let's talk about why rejection is a good thing, Christina. I know you work with a lot of men who have faced rejection and you often say that that's actually a good thing. Why is that?
2: Yes. I actually say that rejection is your best friend. And the reason for this is because whenever a woman rejects you, that door firmly closes or whenever a woman goes to you, that door firmly closes and you know she is not the right woman for you, which means you can move on and go and get closer to the woman who is right for you. The worst thing to do is to... Have this let this fear of rejection paralyze you. If you do, it will prevent you from meeting your future wife because you will never talk to women who you're actually interested in because you are afraid that you will get hurt first. So think of it as your best friend. And actually in the beginning of my matchmaking career 10 years ago, when my sister and I started matchmakers in the city, I wrote an article about this and I've seen it hold true to this day and really free men from the prison of the fear of rejection. A lot of men, the, the pop culture term for the fear of rejection is approach anxiety. And a lot of men now will look at pickup artists to try to help them get women and to get over this hump of the fear of rejection. But often those pickup artists have less than pure motives. Believe me, in the beginning of Matchmakers in the City, we interviewed a lot of them (laughs) to see if we could partner with Mm -hmm. one of them as our experts. Mm -hmm. And it was hard to find someone who had really good motives. So if you see rejection as your best friend and allow your just become, be strong, be courageous, like the Lord says in the book of Joshua, He says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged for the Lord, your God will be with you wherever you go. That is, those are your words. Those are your marching orders to go in and I want you to get rejected. You're going to get rejected. Everyone gets rejected. Even women get rejected. I know for men, it's a lot. It may feel like a lot more, but the more rejected you get, the closer you get to your future wife.
0: Christina, when we were talking about rejection, we were mentioning ghosting earlier. I want to come back to ghosting for a second and get another feminine perspective on this of someone who's in the dating scene right now. Aisha from Staten Island, New York has a comment about ghosting. Welcome to Trending Aisha. What's your comment today? Hi, thanks for taking my call. Um, So I just want to comment. I'm currently in a relationship, but prior to that, when I was dating, I used to get ghosted a lot. However, there were times where I had to ghost men who, after I had
3: politely rejected them and told them, hey, this isn't going to work out, you know, they would be persistent. And the one thing that I really want to point out is that if a woman says no, or if anyone says no, that they're not interested,
0: the person that's pursuing them has to take their work for it and not continue to pursue them. Because then at that point, it's just, it's a a bother. It's, Mm -hmm. It's annoying. Yes absolutely but I don't I would argue that that's not ghosting because you actually let them know and they're not backing off and I really appreciate this insight Aisha because it reminds me of a email I received a week or two ago um, a message from Steven and he was asking about dealing with rejection he said I've been dating for years rejections nothing new um, but he was looking for perspective on a situation he's experiencing and long story short he basically said that there's this woman he felt really hard for it was a very short Short period of time where they dated and basically it turned into a hard no from her not even wanting him to give her a call after and he was really surprised it came out of left field after her communicating that she really was enjoying her time with him Uh, and I find it interesting because Steven was asking at the end of him sharing his story that he's taking it harder than usual he made a comment I don't want to give up without trying because I think she's special Christina, I mean, we're interested to hear your thoughts on this because there's this balance I think men are trying to figure out between accepting the no and the rejection, or even trying to figure out what the heck's happening when you've been ghosted, and then also fighting for someone that you maybe thought you really connected with, was attractive, and could view a possible future with, but obviously the other person's saying there's no future here. How how does that get handled and where's the balance of fighting?
2: I know and I love that fighter mentality of just I care about her and I want to make an effort. I want to make a grand gesture and a grand effort to try to win her back. And a lot of women sometimes are are seeking that, but you you have to really ask. That's where communication comes in and comes will be your best friend in in this situation to, if you're unsure, if maybe it was something you did and she was just so upset about it and, and doesn't really know how to, to handle it. So if you're not sure, if, if you think, okay, she's just not into me and she made it clear it was because she doesn't see that long-term connection that I deserve. Like I mentioned, that's a clear sign. Okay. Not for me. Just, she doesn't, She's not into me, whatever, Mm -hmm. I'll move on. But if you think, okay, maybe I said I was going to call her at this time and I was 10 minutes, 15 minutes late and she got really upset because she's had that happen to her so many times before and she doesn't trust men. It could be a situation like that where you need to make up for it, but you should just talk to her and ask her. And if if she then says, There is, and you can ask: Is there anything I could do? I want to do that, whatever it will take Mm -hmm. to win you back. I want to do, but I don't want to do it if you're just if you don't see me in in, as in your future. Mm -hmm. If you Mm -hmm. ask her, she will be clear, and she you're making you're telling her you're putting it all on the line. You're not fearing rejection. She's she she doesn't want to be with you. She will reject you, and you'll know. But if she, she might say to you that, yeah, there is something, or she might say, no, I'm, this is not the right, the right relationship. So communication, talking to her, asking her, that's the best way to go.
0: Let's dive into some sage dating advice. Joe from Oceanside, California is on the line, giving his strategy that he used to use for meeting women. Joe, welcome to Trending. What was the strategy you
3: used? Okay, thanks. So I went through a seminar in San Diego quite a few years ago, and the the lady that put on the seminar, she suggested that before you ever date someone, you go on a walk and talk. And the purpose of the walk and talk is to do exactly that walk and talk to find out if you have enough in common to pursue dating. And I found that to be extremely effective, because in 30 to 45 minutes, you can find out about enough about each other to to know if you have enough in common to pursue dating and you haven't invested any money and mm. it's not like I'm trying to be cheap but the the thing about it is neither person has invested any money and so it makes it easy to do and it's it it, it makes a very simple system and I just start off with saying something like so, like, I'm an Alcoholics Anonymous, and I'll say something like, uh, I don't drink, and I wouldn't be interested in having a relationship with anybody that drinks because blah, 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 how about you? And I always lead first for that. They have an example of how, you know, to respond, and it just makes it very simple.
0: I love that. A walk and talk, a pre-date, and without kind of investing too much, while well, also not putting too much pressure on the woman as well. I like that. What are your thoughts, Christina?
2: Yes. And we always say the first date should be an hour to two hours max. It should be more of a getting to know you type date, drinks and appetizers. It doesn't have to be alcoholic drinks. It can be just something, something nice and, or going for a walk with a person, but in a public place. And I do recommend having something where you're going to meet, for instance, getting ice cream first and just taking that with you or getting a smoothie and taking that with you as you're walking, because you want, you need to have a meeting location and it needs to be somewhere public. So I'm sure there's some place that you can go together, but I think it's a good idea. And if you, for you, if motion is important, then not, and not doing a sit down date, that's fine. But I would say anything that's, you want to keep it so romantic. I don't think doing that, doing an doing anything during the day, during the bright hours of the day, is a good idea for a first date or a first walk. I think something that's more in the evening where you can get some ice cream and walk around Beverly Hills or walk around a lovely town area that's still happening at that time. It doesn't have to be late, but where the sun is setting a little bit so that it just gives that more mystery, mystery, mysterious and romantic vibe
0: bringing the romance to the dating etiquette thank you so much for joining us christina That's celebrity and role matchmaker christina pineda also matchmaking us peasants as well can find them at matchmakersinthecity.com. I've tagged her on Instagram. Just follow me at Timmerie, T-I-M-M-E-R-I-E, to connect with her and enjoy further dating tips. We're going to come back talking about a study that women are hardwired to find chivalrous men. Also, I want to start the conversation. Are you changing your spending habits, your day-to-day habits, because of inflation. I'll be right back here on Trending.
1: We're talking about what you're thinking about.
0: You're listening to Trending with Timmery on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Welcome back to our weekly Gentleman's Hour here on Trending. Whether you're Catholic curious or a curious Catholic, learn something new about the Catholic faith guided by Patrick Madrid in his brand new book, Inquisition. Expand your understanding from the very beginning tenets of our faith to tidbits that have even our experts learning something new. So sign up for your free copy at Inquisition of Inquisition today at relevantradio.com slash quiz. That's relevantradio.com slash quiz. Completely free. No shipping and handling. So pick up your copy. Today. Um, I don't know if we'll have time to talk about this today, but I do want to mention it because we'll unpack this more in the days and weeks to come. But I want to hear from you now on social media and we'll throw this question up on social media as well. It's actually up there. My question is How are you changing your daily spending habits because of inflation? The Consumer Price Index report was released just yesterday by the Bureau of Labor Statistics and overall price increases over the last year. In just one year, August 2021 to 2022 shows 8.3% inflation. Well, gasoline is up 25.6%, electricity is rising over 15%, and food is rising over 11%. I know for us, it's been food where we felt the biggest a change in cost of light. How are you changing your day to day? living because of this. I know we are, and I think a lot of people are looking for other perspectives and sometimes to feel better as if it's not just me who's being hit by the current economy. So share with me your thoughts on social media. We'll talk about it a little bit further later on over the coming days on this topic, but I do want your insights to see where you're at with this whole issue. Maybe it's not an issue, or maybe you've been making major changes. But it's our weekly gentleman's hour today on Trending, and there was a study that came out in 2018 that I found absolutely fascinating, not because it necessarily said anything new, but because it shows the ongoing differences between men and women and that even in a feminist, post-feminist, whatever you want to call it, society that Radical feminists. And when I'll define a modern day, what I would argue is a radical feminist, that is a woman who says there are no differences between men and women. They would love or have no problem with being the primary breadwinners in the family or argue for absolute equality, trying to claim there are no differences between men and women. All these things that really blur the lines between men and women and really women who are beating to that drum of I can do anything you can do but better. I think that's much of what I would summarize in The Modern Feminists with contraception, abortion, all a part of that. But what was fascinating about this study from the University of Kent and Iowa State University by scientists Pellen Gall and Tom Cooper was that they saw that hardcore radical feminists, when it came to dating, marriage, and having children, they wanted a particular type of man a man that was referred to as the, quote, benevolent sexist. What does that even mean? Well, the sexist men that they want to date, marry, and have babies with were men who are chivalrous protectors. This is what the study showed. So the theory is that the majority of women are attracted to benevolent sexists, not just a certain type of church-going woman, not someone who was raised in a particular way, All women, for the most part, radical feminists, not whatever you want to call yourself, they want benevolent men. What does benevolence mean? In a simple summary without going super deep into it, a man who's well-meaning and kind, but someone who's sexist as well. So in other words, he believes there are differences between men and women. And guess what? He's going to treat you like there are differences between men and women. It's interesting because even men that perhaps could be patronizing or undermining, um, women were willing sometimes to accept that. I'm not saying that's a good thing. I don't think that's a good thing to be patronized or undermined, but a woman was willing at times to endure that if she was going to receive special treatment. So what am I saying, gentlemen, women, even if they believe and claim and tout absolute equality, I can do anything, you can do better. They show off about whatever it might be from their job, their salary, what they own, what they don't own. And this is a a little kind of a keen insight, I think, for men, because I know some men who say, oh, man, I couldn't marry someone who maybe made a larger salary than me, or I feel intimidated because this woman already owns a home. I don't even own own a home. Well, what we're saying is that women are willing to date and marry men not based on salary alone, not based on what your property and your assets are. And they're even willing to accept some character flaws if you're going to show them the hard wired special treatment that women want. Isn't that interesting? What what do we mean by this? That what's interesting is that women want a man who wants to be the primary breadwinner, who has the desire and effort. And that I know this might seem contradictory because I just mentioned, you know, that women aren't just judging the assets, but they are, it's a balance. They want men who will provide, who they can trust to provide and who takes that role and responsibility seriously. They also want men that believe that, They, the women, are different, and there are differences between men and women. Therefore, this actually does threaten their equality, but at the same time, this is exactly what they want. I have seen this so many times among my peer group, when they say they want this particular type of man, and lo and behold, guess who they're dating. This is kind of, I think, the push for, at times, the... Uh, the bad boy that some people like to date, or even sometimes the deadbeat. It, it's these interesting psychological wirings where women are trying to find someone different from them, to treat them differently. And some people might say, I don't know where this match came from. Well, it comes at the end of the day from these hardwired desires for the fact that when we date, we desire something other than ourselves not our same selves. This comes down to a hardwired, biological, physiological, intellectual, spiritual reality of the differences between men and women that are written into every cell of our body. Neuroscience shows the brain. All of it. It's fascinating. Women want to be cherished and looked after. End of story. It's interesting. The study actually talks about how women will tolerate some of the less favorable masculine elements because she wants him to protect, provide, and commit. So there are things that women will overlook or quote-unquote tolerate because she wants the inbred, natural, God-given role that men hold of protecting and providing. And did you hear that one, gentlemen? Committing. That fidelity that is so important. Being true to your word, true to that relationship. Women are hardwired with survival instincts that go beyond their own survival and even into their children. That's why they want the provisions. That's why they want the protection, and that's why we want the commitment. To sum it all up, gentlemen, take note. Women want men who will open doors, pay for dates, protect them, provide for them view their role, even if the other spouse works, as their primary responsibility to provide, to step in, to fill in the gaps, and listen to this, take off the pressure of a woman having to work, of a woman not being able to ha- be home with her children, of a woman not having the choice and option to. Because the reality is studies show that if women had the opportunity and the choice, they would choose to be home and raise their children. So many today are or in this crisis of perceived need or actual need to work when in reality, most women desire the primary role of providing to be taken on by the man, even if they do want to work, even if they want to have a competitive business or whatever it might be. And remember, commitment is so important to us as women. Are you willing to invest in us and our relationships Women are actually looking for mating preferences that are different from them, biologically, physiologically. We've talked about this when we've talked about pheromones here on Trending. Fascinating conversation and studies on the differences between men and women on a chemical level and the type of people you're interested in dating. I'll post the link on social media as well as the podcast notes uh, to that study because that is a really big one. My producer is saying pig saliva. Yeah, we talk about pig saliva. It's really interesting uh, looking at some of the anthropological studies and understanding human relationships relationships but all of this is consistent with a 2017 study coming out of the of the UK research at Coventry and other universities and it showed that the same is true women respond to muscles and wealth I'm not saying you have to be the most fit and the richest person but women respond to men who can protect them and support a family maybe maybe this isn't why some women are interested in having kids today where have all the men gone it is a legitimate question. You see, these gender-neutral personalities, traits, and characteristics that we're trying to enforce on ourselves and society today is actually leading to a decrease in complementarity between the sexes, leading to fewer marriages, fewer relationships, and fewer babies. Let's reclaim our God-given sexual identity and sexual preferences that are in line with biology, the chromosomal knowledge of the body, We might just find we're happier when we rise to the occasion of the fullness of the creatures we're actually intended to
1: be.